any trenders, welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of anime trending. If you're looking for nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation and discussion, and we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined by... Hello, I am Isabel, and... This is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about idol anime. This topic is special in the fact that actually one of our longtime listeners explicitly requested us to talk about idol anime. Uh, our listener is a huge fan of Idolish 7. And specifically, she just wanted to hear our thoughts about the genre as a whole as someone who is a huge fan of that particular genre and hoping that one of us amongst the girls would watch her ultimate favorite, Idolish 7, and talk about that as well. So from the forefront, I can definitely preface this by saying all three of us aren't really idol anime watchers. I like I I don't hear us talk about it ever. And it just it feels and uh, it feels like everything against the nature of what makes Agnes Agnes to be completely honest. <laughs> it was it's my antithesis. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, so this week, uh, the girls had a bit of homework. I got to do a little less homework because while idol anime aren't really my thing, um, that doesn't mean I won't check it out if it piques my curiosity. So luckily for me, I've actually watched the most of idol anime out of the three girls or out of the three girls, including myself here. So I got to do less work. But the other two did some homework about the very big title idol anime out there. And Isabel is the one who volunteered or got voluntold, I'm not entirely sure, to do... Mostly voluntold. I think it was (laughs) voluntold originally. Uh, Regardless, Isabel is the one who ended up watching Idolish 7, which is what our listener is a big fan of. So, Isabel, you know, I know you watched two of them, but let's just go ahead and start off with the first one, because once again, that was the special request from our listener here. Tell us your experience watching Idolish 7. Do you love it as much as our listener did? And, uh, And, you know, or do you kind of get why our listener would love it as much i'm so excited to hear what it was like for you (laughs) oh yes um so i can't say i you know like it as much as uh our listener just because i haven't gone deep into it i only finished this week really just the first season of the anime but i can definitely see why it's appealing and and it is very dangerous for me because I, yeah, I already participate in kind of idol culture is specifically for K-pop almost every day. So I'm very familiar with kind of the things. Yeah. Very bad. Like every day. I'm actually getting annoyed at myself. I don't know. (laughs) Who's your favorite idol group in, or K-pop group, I should ask. Yeah. Before it's, it's jumped a couple times. So before, when I was younger, it was Super Junior, and then okay. it became BTS, obviously. But now that BTS, they're not really disbanded. They're still producing music, but I wish they were producing total as um, seven people altogether. But since some of the guys have to go to the military, uh, perform their military service, um, it's been they were doing most of their solos. Um, so mm. I like that as well. But now my newest one <laughs> uh, that I've been participating in is um, Plave, which is a virtual K-pop idol Boy oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that one. I was thinking I was thinking that you're gonna say something like Espa or like mm-hmm. one of the girl bands. <laughs> but that's an interesting one. I didn't think that the K pop industry would decide to do virtual. Yeah, so like it's, it's they're very new and I I guess the reason why I like them is because they're kind of um kind of a new type of group in the space mm-hmm. because they have I like AI generated type of music already that they had with uh, Mave. Um, and other groups that I'm not too sure about, but at least may caught my eye. But then since they were AI, I didn't think too much of them. Mm. But, but for Plave, they're actually pe- real people behind the scenes. They do lives with like um, people with like suits or just basically VTuber type of things. Okay. So like so Hololive made, and stuff like yeah. that, right? So that but made me more, like more, more appealing. And they're like the characters are kind of designed like manhwa type characters. Mm. Oh... Mm-hmm. they're very pretty then i assume <laughs> yes they're very pretty and this is i feel like this is the same for idolish 7 because all the boys are also very pretty and <laughs> at first i thought they were just going to be like kind of like in, in terms of the anime i thought they were just going to follow like tropes kind of like oh the red hair guy is going to be the most um aggressive type mm-hmm. of guy yeah. <laughs> yeah but instead it's like the white the, the like 
the lighter haired, tallest guy of the group, who's kind of more childish and like breaks out um, and acts. Uh, whereas the red haired guy, he's like having uh, his, I think his name, yeah, his name is Riku. And he, he actually um, has a respiratory type of condition. So as a leader, not the leader, but kind of like the center Wait. of the group, I thought that was interesting. Oh my gosh, that explains a random clip I found oh, online really? that on Twitter because uh, like they were like, "Oh, this is my cover anime." And they they showed this traumatizing clip where it looked like they were it looked like they were um, chlorophobia him, but it turned out it was it was just like an oxygen mask. But it looked like they were forcing him to like pass out. I was like, "What mm. the heck is going on?" <laughs> Um, okay, now I understand what the rest of it is. Something clicked inside my brain in this regard, so I'll no, keep yeah, going. I think, yeah, if you watch Idolish 7, I think, I didn't realize this, but some of the clips I've seen, like, out of context, like, I didn't know which anime it came from, but it mm. actually came from Idolish 7. Like, one of the characters um, who's kind of the half um, English, half Japanese type of character who speaks really bad Japanese, <laughs> um, he there's a ton of clips that I didn't expect from him. He's a, he's the type of guy who's obsessed with magical girl anime, mm. um, and and yeah, and he like prides himself on being like a visual of the group overall. So I I like found like these types of things like charming about the boys and the fact that they care for each other as well. And um, I thought it would be you know harder for me to get into, but then like as I continue watching the episodes, I'm like this is this is actually pretty good. Um, and so I definitely will be watching more. There's like three seasons, so I still have two more seasons to get through. But I can definitely see myself like watching more and anticipating kind of their performances. And not only that, their kind of rival rivalry with other groups, other idol uh, groups in in the show. Um, there's this rivalry between. Uh, brothers as well so that they kind of bring that into the show as well and in in addition to that I also like the management um and the manager is a girl who is connected to the president of the I guess the agency um that provides for Idolish 7 and so I thought the manager girl would be some type of like Otome type character girl who basically does nothing or doesn't contribute much but I was surprised to see her actually kind of grow with uh, Idolish 7 as well. Like she was she was new in her job, but she works together with the idols and, you know, she even makes mistakes like expecting for the group to do very well just by passing out flyers and things like that. She thought a lot of people would come to their first concert. That was not the case. So they performed in front of a group of uh, maybe like 10 ish people or oh, so. Wow. So it wasn't very much. Yeah. So the first, you know, performance actually was kind of disappointing for them. And so the stories that, you know, they kind of, they're, you, you're introduced to all of them, but like slowly they become, you know, a stronger group and gain more fans and popularity overall. And then um, I can see them kind of, you know, participating in more shows and dramas either individually or as uh, a pairing or subunits and things like that. So there's just so much to explore that they've, or so much to explore um, in terms of the industry and also them just kind of talking about what, what they're going to do or um, what they want to do with their music. So that's pretty much what I've gotten out of Idolish 7 overall. And I'm excited to see more really. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, there's definitely some thought put into this. This isn't like here just to be fan service. Like just based on what you're saying, is there they planned this with the story and character arcs and stuff like that in mind. <clears throat> so, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little funny tale for the listeners is, you know, Agnes was kind of dying, and so after I saw Agnes was kind of dying, I was like, you know what? I should I should check in with Isabel. So I checked in with Isabel. I was like, how are you doing? And she wrote in all caps, help me. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> and specifically she also mentioned that she was shipping the characters as well. So you want to tell us some of your ships, Isabel? <laughs> yeah. I think I'm still building the ships, but like the I pair like each character like uh, the obvious pairing is the mezzo subunit that they had, and so I was shipping them together. I was shipping the brothers, um, like the brothers together as well, um, and then kind of, I don't know, like they they hang out in pairs, which makes me want to ship them more than I thought I would. And so I think they're just very, I really like their interactions together, and sometimes when they like do uh, poses that 
you know, suggest uh, that they are more than what, uh, or suggest obviously that they're together or something or have interest in each other. Some of the other characters will be like, yeah, let's not do that on a show. Like, let's not give our viewers <laughs> the wrong impression type of oh. thing as they're all in a broadcast because they, they have their own like little web shows as well. So I thought that's funny. And like, I think, I think probably later on the show, just like interactions between uh, each each individual with each other, I thought, yeah, I don't know. There's just so much. I still have to um, obviously know more about their past because I think we're just slowly learning about each character um, because there's seven of them in total. We're not able to see each one, but yeah, I'm looking forward to <laughs> shipping them. I didn't know it would be fun, but yeah, it's really fun to ship them together. <laughs> and I think you mentioned too that you do that for your show. So I'm curious about the, some of the ships that you have as well. Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Uh, but now you know what lays on your shoulder now, Isabel, because none of us up until this day at Anime Trendy watched Idolish 7. So whatever the new season of Idolish 7 is out, you are responsible for telling us which ships should be on our couples, <laughs> on the poll options, literally, simply because we uh, no one else would know. Um, yeah. So that is now your responsibility. <laughs> we, have, we have two other Anime Trending staff members that cover other Idol shows shows that are not you know ultimate or female based so Isabel you are our soul um <laughs> our soul contact into Idol 7 and any of the other ultimate um female oriented idol shows oh yes absolutely I am very happy to do that once I get all caught up <laughs> and I have my ships solidified <laughs> Yes. I feel like this is going can you to tell be... how happy Isabel is. Yeah, she sounds. This reminds me of when she gets really happy talking about a uh, link click. Yes, and she's just like, I just love sitting in the fan base. Nobody argues. We just want more merchandise. I feel like that's going to be her when when she finally <laughs> sits herself in the eyes of some fan base. But not only that, uh, a couple days ago, before this recording. Um, Anime News Network came out with an article that was talking about the new line of Idolish 7 merchandise that was released. And the brand of the merchandise, I kid you not, is capitalized G4Y. And the way that the characters are positioned on each of the merchandise bits is that the characters are standing right in between the G and the Y. So it makes it look like it's spelling the word gay. And I'm just like, what kind of marketing are they trying to do here? And it came out having month, what? Perfect time. And it's during Pride Month too, right? It's still, well, it's during the month of June when everything is going on sale for Pride and they just knew what they were doing. And I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, oh, they're making moves. They're making moves. This merchandise is going to pop off. Oh man, yeah, I was so actually going to ask time. you to even mention it, but you mentioned it yourself, Agnes, so... <laughs> there you go, perfect timing. Well, alrighty then, so I believe you watched one other idol anime, Isabel, so first question, were you able to watch it, or were you completely sort of drawn in by Idolish 7? <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit too drawn in by Idolish 7, but <laughs> I did Poor watch Bushiro. a few episodes of this other anime okay. and what is that it? I'm going to talk about. Um, and in particular, it is uh, D4DJ, mm -hmm. uh, first mix. Um, and I knew of D4DJ before, specifically, I would say because of one, my friend, but also Jack mm -hmm. in particular, yeah. because at Anime Expo last year, um, we went to the Bushi Road, I believe the booth, and yes. there was a D4DJ booth there where, you know, you could get prizes and things like that. And there was a... The, the game itself uh, was there as well. And I actually filmed Jack playing playing this game. So there's an article on a website that goes over the tour of Bushi Road, and you can see Jack basically jamming to uh, an egoist song. And he was he was just great at it. I was blown away. Like when I spent time with him playing that game I, or watching him play that game, I was blown away by his skills. And... Um, and I think even the people just watching him were like, oh my god, he's so good. I'm like, wow, Jack is really good at this. So I think that was kind of like my first exposure to it. And I thought, oh, it was, Ego was, it was like the opening for a psychopath. So I'd, or maybe the ending, I don't can't remember. But I just thought that it was nice for them to have anime music on the game. So I can see D4DJ fans really liking, obviously, the game. And then seeing how that might tide over into the anime as well. And... So D4DJ so D4 is kind of, I feel like people compa compare it to Love Live a lot. 
and it's about these four girls who get together, and basically it's about DJing and their high school, in their high school, and so it's kind of a little bit like a tournament arc type thing, but in terms of DJing, and I feel like I learned, even though this isn't an idol anime per se, just because you know they're in school and they're obviously producing music, their goal isn't necessarily to be an idol like Idolish Seven. Like I think a little difference is that Idolish Seven is kind. Of, the guys are presumably some of them are young enough that they're in school mm. still, but but they're mostly in the working class. They're not they're not in high school or anything. They're they're in mm-hmm. the studio, right? Um, whereas D four DJ you know focuses you know half on school, but then half on the fact that you know this school um, has a bunch of groups that are trying to learn how to DJ, produce music, and things like that. Um, and so there's a little bit of drama, but there's also a lot of kind of how the girls get together and uh, make music together. And then also, you know, just learn about things about DJing that I never thought of. So I actually think that the music that was at least in the anime uh, was very different because it had themes of kind of also pop, but also EDM um, type music. And then things like I had heard of DJing, obviously, before, but I never thought of VJing. That was the term that was new to me. Had either of you? No, I am young. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like a video jockey, and I think it's a term for kind of the vis- visuals that go behind behind the scenes. Oh, mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that was a whole thing too. And so one of the girls, you know, specializes in this, uh, and so it's interesting to see how they all work together. Things that I didn't know before, like I. You know, if for someone who doesn't know too much about DJing, you just think that a DJ might just pull up like a whole list of something and then just play the music or play right. some type of remix <laughs> for crowds. But actually, there, yeah, there's a lot more thought that goes into it and a lot more, you know, background stuff that goes into it than actually just pulling up a list and trying, trying to play the most popular songs that people might like dancing to. Uh, so I thought it was interesting to see how these girls were working together do this and then also producing the music another thing is also this is uh the show is produced mostly in 3d cg so i think that was one of the things that kind of put me off um at least starting the anime but then you know i i found that it actually flowed pretty well it wasn't as bad as something like i don't know like berserk for example i guess that was worse than um that was worse than i um, so I think that if you can get over that and, and also the fact that the girls are just, or at least the main girl is like, just very happy to share. She's always very optimistic. And I think that's also kind of the things that you see in idol anime that they make you very happy. They're optimistic. And, you know, even though there's a problem, you know, they're going to rely on each other and get through it or something like that. Um, so she really embodies that and helps the group out. So I thought that was very sweet overall. Obviously I haven't seen all of it, so Hopefully I will. Uh, obviously, I think I'm going to focus on Isle of Seven It does more, sound like but... it still gave you a good impression, though, by yes. the way you're describing it. Yeah, so I can definitely see why people like it um, overall. So I was, yeah, I was very surprised by that. I didn't think it, you know, I didn't think it would be something I'd be interested in or think that I could watch a couple, you know, a few more than a few episodes of, but I can see why people definitely like that type of show. And not only that, play the game as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah, I really see, I can really see why um, people might be into it, or if Jack might be into it. I wish he was on. The he podcast. would take he over the podcast. Is what would happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'd be like, "No, D four DJ is better than Love Live," and I'm just sitting here with like trying to hold back the Love Live fans from our staff Discord. Like, I don't know what you want to say, dude. <laughs> there is, for the record, there are like four people in our AT Discords. Uh, staff that love love life like if jack comes out there and says d4 dj is better i don't know if i can hold them back long enough um agnes it's now you know oh god uh, isabel talked about her too that she watched for homework and now it's time for you to talk about your two so what did tell tell the listeners your experience of asking those love life fans which ones in which order you should watch it in (laughs) oh my god okay so when we came up with the idea that we were going to start doing this idol podcast, I decided that I was going to take up the more 
typical idol animes that you know from anime. Not so much the ones that are geared towards the female audiences, but the more larger male audiences that you see a lot, like in Anime Expo, or you see also overseas and in Japan as well. And that is specifically targeting the Love Life audience. For the record, I don't watch idol shows. They are not my thing, and they still won't be my thing, which I will explain later in this podcast. Um, and because I have no knowledge of idols, I at message two people in the uh, in the Discord for our staff saying, hey, we're about to start an idol podcast next week and I need some reference materials. I know Love Life has a lot of seasons. Can you recommend me one of the seasons to start with? And literally those two people became five other people that started talking about Love Life. There's one guy that I ping specifically. He's our Love Life expert. He gave me a whole document of the pros and cons of each season that was available in chronological order and then in a summary of which ones would be more recommended to watch. And then there were three other people who were contesting certain entries. And then there was one person, which was Mel, who adamantly was telling me, why are you doing Love Live and not Idol Master? So the entire time I was sitting there, it was 7 a.m. in the morning, and I'm like, oh god, how... How am I going to tell them that I just need to pick one? Because my goal for this podcast is to at least try to finish one season of an idol show, um, regardless if it was Love Life or not, and I chose Love Life. Um, But I did promise Mel that I would also spotlight Idol Master here, which I did do a little bit of research. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I'll elucidate later in the series. So my Love Life choice was Love Live School Idol Project, which was the first of the Love Live franchise in terms of animation um, that was released back in, I think, like 2007 or 2011. And it's similar to D4DJ, as Isabel stated before, where it is about a group of girls who come together to do an idol show and participate in the Love Live Idol contest. However, the background of the story is a little bit strange because the girls were not meant to enter the idol contest because they wanted to be idols, but rather the school that they were a part of was about to be shut down. And in an attempt to revive their school's interest, gain more students and get more funding, they decide to participate in becoming idols because at the time, there are lots of other schools in in. Japan who are also participating with school idols. They would like choose certain girls who are great at singing and dancing and performing and they would use that as a means to help draw in prospective students and as a result of drawing in prospective students you also have the Love Live concert where people uh, a competition where people do compete. It was a very interesting premise because first of all I'm sitting here and after you know years and years of you know touching back and forth between the Japanese uh, pop industry and also K-pop industry now, you know that there's a lot of dark things about the idol industry. There's a lot of things about mismanagement. There's a lot of things about um, girls being harassed, dealing with crazy fans, stalkers, etc. So, and then also, you know, managing your time, right? Like, how can you manage your time between being going to school, and then also being an idol, right? Most people who become idols actually drop out of school or finish school and go become full-time idols. And so when Love Live came about, and I was when I was watching the premise, I thought to myself, this feels a little bit far-fetched. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's because this is not my type of show, which is why I see it more in a realistic lens rather than just be like, oh, these are cute girls that I can just vibe to the music with, right? So that was my perspective, at least with Love Live. And so as a result of Love Live, I almost binged the first season within, I think, two one and a half days because um, I also had work too. I think I'm on the 13th episode where they they have a lot of drama right now, but I know at the very end they get together because there's also a season two and a season three, so I'm not too worried about that. But overall, the premise is not up to my standing just because it doesn't really feel realistic enough that these are about students who are becoming idols. And not to mention, these are very normal students. Out of all of them in the group, only about two of them actually have like performance um, education or credentials or have been involved with idols for a very long time that they can bring experience to the group while everybody's just normal people. Like, can right. you imagine grabbing together 
I don't know, eight of your friends thinking you can create an idol group and then you discover that half of you are about tone deaf, right? <laughs> like that is not really how you're going to form an idol group, right? When you form an idol group, usually you have an agency, you have people who scout you. And so that whole premise of, you know, getting your friends together, that's cool, felt a little bit too far-fetched. As opposed to D4DJ, you learn the technical skill with the turntable. You learn the technical skill by being a VGA. But when it comes to something like vocal talent, that's very difficult to get. Even if you train long hours and years for it, some people still don't get recognized either. Um, so that's why I felt like there was a disconnect with Love Life. It was a cute show overall, but it's definitely something that's not up my alley, and I don't think the premise is realistic enough for me to continue it. However, our anime training staff member did mention to me that the other Love Live entry, which is Love Live, um, what what's what's the newest one? Love, <laughs> I already forgot the name. See, um, Love Live Sunshine, I think. I think it was Love Live Sunshine, or one of the other ones is really good. And I read the premise for that one. And the premise actually starts with characters that are in a musical academy. And therefore, they are eligible to participate in the Love Live concert because they all have some sort of musical talent that got them into this academy in the first place. So that has a little bit more of a realistic edge as compared to Love Live School Idol Project. Actually, no, I think it's called Love Live Sunshine, right? Love Live Sunshine. Yes, uh, is it is it this one? No, it's not Love Life Sunshine. Oh, you see, I'm like, there's so many entries. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what's what. Um, it is called uh, Love Life Superstar. Oh, Love Life Superstar is the one where they're actually yes. So out of most of the people in our staff Discord, they've agreed that Love Life Superstar is the best one so far. The character organization and the plot development and the realisticness of them being in a musically inclined school makes more sense. As opposed to Love Live, uh, the first Love Live that I saw, where it was kind of like they were trying to bank off of other kind of idol animes that start at a school and make it kind of cutesy and fun, but they were also evidently a lot of plot holes and weird drama and logic that doesn't carry through in the rest of the other Love Life entries. So at that point, it was kind of like their starting stone or like their foundation before they build off of that and make the plot better, I guess. That remains to be seen because I don't have any intention of watching Love Live Superstar or any of the other entries, unfortunately, but maybe in the future I'll change my Do mind. Do you sort of understand why there is a huge um, franchise or a huge fandom for it? Do you? Because, for example... Yes, I can actually answer that because I do have a hypothesis for it. Because I was sitting there and I was watching it, and I was comparing it to the other idol show that I was home. I was tasked to do homework on. She said that like someone that... put a gun to her head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I put the gun to my own head. I actually told myself to do this, so this is my fault entirely. <laughs> um, the Love Live fans, it's interesting because the Love Live anime in itself is a school live concert that caters to female students and trying to bring female students into the school, at least for the majority of most of the plot in Love Live. But the actual Love Live fans, the, major the vast majority of them are marketed towards men, which I think is very interesting overall as compared to, let's say, Idolish 7, where Idolish 7 is specifically geared towards a female audience from within the animation and also geared for a female audience within the larger in-real-life anime community. So I think the reason why Love Live is just so popular is because it's marketing towards a specific demographic that wants to see something like this, but it wasn't necessarily intended for it when it was uh, concepted uh, for an anime. Okay, so in that case, um, between this and Uta Pri, which I... So I believe Love Live has a bit more of a mixed gender fan base, but Utapri definitely has a very female-dominated fan base. So you've watched two of probably... Regrettably. Uh, two of probably the biggest sort of uh, idol franchises in existence currently in modern times. Which of the two do you prefer? Oh, do I have to pick? Okay. Um, I think I would have to prick prick oh my God, I, speak. <laughs> I think i have to pick almost 
Udapri. Oh! Only because I think the plot of Udapri, at least for the season one, which was my next, my, the next idol sh- uh, show that I watched for this podcast, does a more realistic job, but it also has a much stronger foundation in terms of where it originally came from and therefore was able to popularize the animation and now like all of the the uh, the live screenings and stuff like I that am too, versus- surprised I totally thought you might have picked love live so I that's definitely no I hate love live I wow. <laughs> there's something about love live that I can't get over the cute little girl squeals and being like yeah and I'm just like no <laughs> I can't do this I really can't do this it was so bad to the point that when I was watching love live Actually, no, both idol shows, I really had no interest in watching, like, enjoying it as a person. I'm just doing it for research. So I would literally have it on one of my computer screens while I'm doing something else on my computer screen. I was even putting together a keyboard yesterday and putting in new parts for my computer and having one of those idol shows playing in the background (laughs) while I was doing it. So that really shows, like, how disconnected I was as a whole to any of the idol shows I watch, regardless of whether it's Love Live or to um, Udapri. But I want to say that, like I said, Udapri, I think, has a better fit as an animation show because it comes from uh, an original source that has a much stronger basis and that they use it for the animation. And then it also propagates all of these. And my actual first experience with idol shows, which is the Udapri Maji... uh, Hold on, I don't even know these names. I have to look them up, sorry. Um... It would be, oh, where is it? It would be the, um, the, oh, <laughs> you can see I'm like floundering because I don't even know these names. Uh, oh god, yeah, I found it. It would be the first, my actual first introduction to idol anime would have actually been the Uta Prince Sama uh, Maji Love Kingdom movie. Which absolutely blew me away when I was at Anime Expo because I was originally there to reserve seats for Mamoru Miyano. Which is a very popular story within our anime trending chat and people, but I'll tell it here for some of the listeners who may not be familiar with it. So back in 2019, we were actually tasked to find press seats to watch Inspector, which was having its first premiere from Crunchyroll at Anime Expo. Unfortunately... Um, Inspector is in a room that doesn't have press reserve seats. So essentially, you have to have somebody from a previous panel reserve you, like literally sit down and reserve seats for you so that everybody can come and watch it. And we knew that Inspector was going to be big because it is a fairly big um, show for... Who's the publisher? Kadokawa? Or is it Kodansha? It's one of those two. Um, and so I volunteered because I was like, you know, this is fine. I don't have anything booked for the whole the whole day. Um, I don't have any interviews or I don't have any press conferences or anything to attend to. So and and so I wanted I sat through the first panel at 10 a.m. in the morning, which was also a Mamoru Miyano panel, which was the um, uh, it was it was one of the it was one of the movies that he did, one of the animated uh, CGI animated movies that he did. So I sat through that. And then I realized, oh, Mamoru Miyano has a second panel right before the inspector panel that he's a part of that is that also it turns out to be Uta no Prince Sama. And I didn't realize this until I literally saw all the Uta no Prince fans were filing with me in line at 10 a.m. to the movie premiere of some other show that he was doing. And I was like, oh, they're also reserving seats. And when I got to the Uta no Prince Sama, I was absolutely blown away with the amount of fan reception and callbacks and the thunderous applause from the fans to Mabru Miyano and his co-stars and just the showing of this movie of Maji Love Kingdom that it kind of shocked me about what idol culture really was like. I've never had any experience with idol culture. I don't care too much about idol culture. I just like listening to the music and just vibing on my own time. Concerts are not necessarily my thing. And Nico, who actually turned to actually came to the movie premiere of Maji Love Kingdom as well, he actually sat in the back and he wrote an article that pretty much sums up our entire experience of like, oh my god, this is exactly what an idol show is like. Um, and so that was what propelled me to review Utuno Prince Sama for this podcast. However, I will have to preface that 
when I said earlier why I chose Utena Prinsama is not because I watched the movie before, but actually it's because it's from its original source. Utena Prince actually used to be a video game. It was an Otome simulation video game about a young girl who enters this musical academy and she's basically ch- forced to choose between, I think, like six guys that you can have potential routes with. Um, and they carried over that same concept into the Uta no Prince Sama animation, where it is the same uh, premise of a girl having to choose between six guys, but it's for a project. And the project that they have at this quote-unquote idol music production school is that the the female character, Haruka, is a music production um, major. She must pair up with any of the guys who are part of the idol department and produce a song with them. However, she can't, by the time that the animation finishes, she can't choose between any of the routes, which makes sense for an animation that was lifted from an Otome game because you can't really pinpoint a particular route, right? So instead, she decides to take all of them and say, we're going to create an idol unit. And I was like, that's a very smart way of going about the whole Otome route, but also making it weirdly idol based. And now we have this massive franchise of... Um, Utano Prince Sama that is mm, the, the got way it. Okay, it is so right um, based on your experience watching the anime, then what did you like about it? And um, you know, because considering it's really an adaptation, what did you like about it? And what didn't you like about it? It sounds like you definitely disliked more than you liked, but I'm assuming you found some to like. <laughs> I did find some to like, and I think it was the general pacing of the students. So it's because you have six guys to choose from. They did like feature like individual episodes for each of the guys which made you usually that bogs down the pacing it but does you said the pacing it was does pretty good. but because i was distracted doing other things it didn't bother me that much overall oh um, okay. so i would just like leave it on the background and just kind of like skim through and be like oh okay i understand the gist of it it's just a lot of drama but this is what happened to this one guy right um but overall at least because you have that foundation of knowing all of the individual six guys it actually paves the way for the season two, season three, and the movie to really understand like who they are and what they stand for as idols. To the point that love, uh, to the point that Uta no Prince Sama is actually part of a very popular um, psychological effect called the Odagiri effect, where it was a show that was marketed to um, that it was a show that unexpectedly had a much larger female presence and as a result of a larger female uh, not presence female audience that they decide to gear the show into featuring the female MC a lot less and focusing more on the idols uh personalities and relationships with wait that wait 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 that effect you said that's a real it is a real television it's not psychological they call it a television phenomenon but this is the same phenomenon that explains the tokusatsu rider series or franchise i should say oh wow oh this is so i didn't even know there was an actual like coin term for it. that is so it's incredibly interesting and i was reading through it i'm like oh my god it makes a lot of sense now in the context of like Utono prince sama in the context of um idol seven and similarly enough in the reverse way also to a lot of the idol groups as well like um uh love live Right, where it attracts mm-hmm. a lot of an unexpectedly large French, a uh, large uh, fan base, and then they start shifting off of other minor characters and just focusing on the idols and their relationships to one another. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Okay, and okay, so I guess what you disliked about it is sort of in general what you kind of just like about idol anime as a whole or yeah it's just i i don't vibe with idol anime it's not my thing i don't look forward to their songs i'm sorry <laughs> it's just oh, okay. not that's just my thing and then i don't typically like shows that are still school based i think it's very juvenile or it doesn't suit my taste anymore so i don't really look into that however after talking to Mel about this other idol show, which is called The Idol Master, which is also a rival, massive um, idol franchise to Love Live, I probably would have preferred watching Idol Master more as compared to Love Live, and maybe that would have shifted the balance of me liking Idol Master as opposed to Uta no Prince. 
Got it, got it. Yeah. Wow, Mel really cornered. Yeah, Mel really cornered me. He was like kind of. He, I know he was being very nice about it, but he almost kind of like boxed me into a corner of like you have to watch Idol Master, and I'm like, why, dude? I don't even have the bandwidth to watch any of this in a whole week. I barely finished any of them in a whole week, let alone one season of each. And then he sent me clips, and then I was doing some research on Wikipedia, and I was just like, oh. The show might have been up more my alley because unlike the other two shows that are set in a school setting, Idol Master is set in the actual working world where they are teens actually in the idol industry. So it's lifting a lot of concepts from like um, AKB47, like a lot of popular in real life idol groups that are in like Akihabara and in Tokyo and how a lot of these teens like come out of school they no longer are in high school anymore but they have to perform as idols and the tribulations they go through as idols whether it's regards to stalking whether it's regards to getting over uh, men because some of them do have an aversion to men um, and or you know like singing problems stage, stage fright and stuff like that too so I thought the premise for Idol Master is incredibly more realistic as compared to Love Live or Utano Prince. <laughs> Got it. And Isabel, do you have any questions for your fellow binger? <laughs> your co-patriot? I actually don't. I feel like she suffered a lot. So Thank you. I need rest this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you may for you your sacrifices. You. May you rest in peace. <laughs> I'm not dead yet, but yes, may I rest in peace. <laughs> Alrighty, so I actually have a slew of idol anime that I could have picked from. So um, so I'm just going to read out the list really quickly. But I've already picked the two that I plan to talk about. So um, out of all the ones that... So we've all watched Zombieland Saga, but that one's a little different. If we have time, we'll touch on it. But basically, um, I've also seen Oshinoko and Opus Colors, which are currently airing this season. Phantom of the Idol and Heroines Run the Show, which is based on Lip Lip. A, a dual idol group that is, um, it's kind of, oh my gosh, what's the right way to describe it? Well, first of all, it's voiced by Hanane Natsuki and Nobunaga Shimazaki, so uh, two very famous voice actors, but basically they play as these characters who's an idol group, and they do do official concerts and stuff, but as the characters, not as themselves, per se. Um, but the heroines run the show is based on Lip Lip, specifically. And of those that I have um, seen, um, I'm not going to talk about Oshinoko because I get talked about a lot already. And really, it's more of a mystery uh, anime than it is an idol anime, to be completely honest with you all. So I'm going to first talk about Phantom of the Idol. So Phantom of the Idol is actually one of the first shoujo adaptations after a very long drought in anime so something that girl taku has already discussed and observed and many people online have also noticed is that you know there was a period of time where there's a lot of shoujo manga getting adapted into anime and then it just started decreasing and then it was basically almost zero in a single year like everything else is just everything else was getting adapted except shoujo and then after fruits baskets incredibly monumental uh, success now the you know, number of shoujo adaptations has started to go up again and so uh, phantom of the idol was one of the first to have come out after that particular drought of shoujo manga adaptation and it's a story of a, a, a dual a dual idol group and one of the characters is this super like lazy like he doesn't even want to be here and you, you're not even sure why he is an idol and then you find out literally the only reason why he's an idol is because the, uh, the manager scouted him because he looks very handsome and then he was like oh I can make a lot of money out of this and do like and have like minimal and just try to reach minimal effort in in this okay sure so um so his name is Niodo and um Niodo is the main character and he is paired up with uh Kazuki Yoshino who is his other half who is the more stereotypical idol member who's like very um who's very friendly and very open and like cutesy and stuff like that but Really, his story begins because he uh, essentially his manager was threatening to fire Nyoto because Nyoto basically has no passion for the actual idol work. And that ended up him somehow led him to seeing the ghost of an idol girl named Asahi. So Asahi was an up and upright, uh, up and coming idol, and essentially she got an untimely death and she essentially couldn't pass on because she so desperately 
um, was sad, sad about the fact that she couldn't fulfill her dream and she so desperately wanted to fulfill her dream. And so Nyoto is being the king of laziness that he is, comes up with this brilliant plan where he was like, wait, you can possess my body. So you can just do all the idol work for me when I'm like performing. And then you don't need money because you're literally a ghost. So I still get to bag all the money and you get to fulfill your dream. And so the two of them come up with this partnership and hijinks and hilarity ensues because suddenly Nyoto, the guy who's like a very deadpan and like barely like a head is always empty and barely there is suddenly like this Genki guy who's like on the same wavelength as his partner and it freaks everyone out including the fans and um and essentially it's sort of like their adventure story with the three of them not that not that Yoshino the the partner is aware of Asahi the ghost itself but um Anyway, I actually really enjoyed that anime. It was really, really funny. And it was actually, honestly, really heartfelt and really sweet. Um, it is an idol anime. You, They actually dance and sing several different songs. And it also goes pretty heavy into the idol culture and the idol world itself. There was an entire episode where it was dedicated to them figuring out like how to create merchandise and what they should do. And they came up with a calendar so they had like this photo shoot and essentially like the two guys are like paired together in like photos and there was like candid shots specifically that was taken um, because they because that's how they're like, you know, photographers explain sometimes the candid shots are the ones who end up making it into the merch, believe it or not, because they can tell that it's going to sell better and stuff like that. So it is very much an idol anime, but it's also wrapped in a lot of comedy about sort of the uh, about sort of the lengths that like idol fans will go to because there's like an idol fan group in there who are sort of these supporting characters and for one of the for one of their meet and greets like oh like one of the women like went on this mountain training exercise which is obviously not very realistic but just to show like her dedication of like to make sure she was as physically fit as possible so she could like shove to like the front of the line so she can meet the <laughs> idols and stuff yeah it's really really funny and then even amongst the girls and like even though they're all friends they'll like get into argument quote-unquote arguments about who's the better idol and why and sort of thing and it's overall just a really cute sweet anime that ended up being a lot more heartfelt than I was expecting especially because as because at the beginning you have a really bad impression of Nyoto I mean, he's hilarious but still a very bad impression the narrator even was like he's scum he's lazy and he's scum but then as the series go on, and especially as he interacts with Asahi and uh, Yoshino, he doesn't have really any character arc, to be completely honest. Like, he is a very set character who knows who he is. But you understand sort of why he got picked to be an idol. Like, not just his good looks itself, but there he he's a type. He's a type of personality that girls find really appealing to. But he's not a type you usually see in the idol world. So because of that, he's become sort of a rare gem. So the manager definitely knew what she was doing. And then... On top of that, you also see that he's absolutely not scum at all. He's actually, um, there is a part where uh, Asahi essentially was having trouble possessing uh, Nyoto during like a meet and greet. And, um, and so, and so one, and one of the fans had come up to Nyoto and she's like very nervous. And this was her first time. She's never like done this before. Uh, Asahi was like convinced that he was going to mess it up with his like sort of deadpan attitude and stuff like that. But instead, uh, Nyoto was just like, uh, Nyoto says it very sincerely where he was like, well, the fact that you would, you know, go through all your anxiety and fear just to meet someone like me who doesn't even really deserve to be here because I'm not really putting a lot of effort into the idol work. Like, that that's that means a lot to me. And, of course, that, like, hits, like, the girl and all his fans, like, super-duper well. And he really said it so nonchalantly and from the heart. And you're just like, yeah, like, he... There's a reason why he was picked to be an idol. It's just he's not a usual type that you see in idols, per se, with how his personality is. So, um, so yeah, that is my first one I watched that I really enjoyed. And this is also one of the ones where I couldn't help shipping the two guys because they have, like, such a good camaraderie and partnership together. The, um, 
So this is for you specifically, Isabel. But uh, Yoshino, his Nioto's uh, his, uh, counterpart, is while he is very friendly and charismatic and this like really Genki sort of guy, he actually is a very has very low self esteem and he's very very scared easily. And so Nioto's sort of like I don't really care about anything attitude is very empowering for him. Mm-hmm. And so the two so the two of them actually influenced each other to be like better people. Nioto really likes Hoshino because uh, he thinks. Hoshino is uh, Yoshino. He thinks Yoshino is very talented and very impressive in how passionate and how like energetic he is. And then, of course, he helps bring a lot of courage to Yoshino specifically because he's so deadpan about everything. Yoshino's like, God, like, you know, he's so cool. And, he, and, like, and Yoshino just latches on to him. It's like the cutest thing ever. <laughs> so, um, and then on top of that, Asahi also has like, you know, a wonderful place amongst them. And it's really cute how like even though she can't really pass on per se because um she's she died too early she just wasn't ready to die yet um interacting with neota has brought her a lot of joy and it's made her really happy to in a way she's able to enjoy life again and hopefully reach a point where you know um she enjoys life enough where she feels like she's ready to move on so so yeah, that is Phantom of the Idol. Any questions, comments, concerns? <laughs> it makes me want to watch that show instead of Love Live or Uta <laughs> Why did I choose that show? <laughs> I did write um I did write a review on it. Actually, I think you might like one of the songs in there, Agnes, because they're even their soundtrack, it's like they have a very stereotypical idol song. And then they have like this very like edgy rock one. I was Great, like, Whoa, I <laughs> that's was exactly my that. type. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. not expecting that at all. And then what was really funny is when they did that song, they changed the ending theme song, and so the guys were like dressed up as like hot vampires, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is great for my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Grace is like, I didn't need this fan service. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I wish the adaptation was better. Actually, the pacing and everything was good. When I mean by adaptation is better is literally it's just the production values, as a lot of anime are these days, aren't exactly at par or the best. So um, so that was why I – so that was the only thing I wish could go better. But I can tell that the source material, at least, is very, very well written. So um, so that's that's an indication of just a strong base from the very start. So, yeah. Okay, so my second one I'm going to talk about is Opus Colors, and the reason why I'm deciding to talk about this one is that not only is it just currently airing, is that it's not technically an idol anime, but it actually is. So I need you guys to hear me out, and you can tell me if you guys don't agree by the end of this, but in this one, it's like there in this world, like art has upgraded to not AI art, I, I need to make that clear, not or NFTs for that matter, um, but uh, art has been upgraded into um, the sort of like, what's the right word? Simulation art, where artists has to be capable of drawing like 3D models specifically and like actually hand drawing 3D models using like these special equipment. And they have to be able to determine how it moves. It's almost like a mini sort of film that art, like these artists have to do now. And so, um, but this new type of art apparently requires regulation. I don't understand why. Don't ask me. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but, um, but they are regulated by a group of people called graders. And so every single artist who conveniently are all guys um, are also paired with a respective grader who looks over their work and markets it for them, who are also all conveniently guys. But... <clears throat> It ended up being idly because the way that the art works is that every time you like look at it or you you like quote unquote open it because it's simulation art, it's basically a music video of the two guys singing and dancing. <laughs> and so and it also follows a lot of the same sort of themes that idol anime has in regards to their managers in regards to how the industry works and in regards to the schools itself and how they all have restrictions about what they can and can't do and stuff like that so it just feels like an idol anime even though it technically doesn't i don't know do you think i do you guys think i'm wrong just based on what i'm saying (laughs) 
I'm trying to visualize it. So like they kind of, it's kind of like a VR type of thing and like they, yeah. they're yeah. painting in there or, and I guess, yes. are they producing any type of music as well? Yes, the mm. art itself is music. Like the artist and the grader are singing when you go into the art. <laughs> that is so interesting. I feel like I was, I saw the posters for for this uh, show, and I I was definitely drawn in by all the colors and like the art itself. So, but I hadn't watched it, but I didn't expect this at all coming out from it. And it's and then so are there? I guess there are groups as well. well there's this is like this one yes. group that we focus yes, on. Yes, it oh. is groups. So the, each of them are dual. It's between a grader and an artist because the grader is the grader is basically kind of like their agent or their manager. Or actually, mm-hmm. an, agent is more accurate. So uh, the grader is more like their agent, and this takes place at like a special academy where they specifically train people to be these um, artists and these graders, and so. So basically, you know which ships are which because of the way that they're paired up, just naturally. And so, um, <clears throat> but I think Opus Colors really surprised me because it actually turned out to be more of a mystery than anything else. So the main character, Kazuya, um, he really wants to be an artist. And there's so when he was, so his parents were the ones who revolutionized this art and created it. And his parents seem to have been murdered, is what it is um, insinuating. But uh, but the thing is, Kazuya doesn't really remember what happened because, as often times with kids with traumatic incidents, is you repress those memories to to survive is essentially what it is. And so his memories of what happened in his parents' deaths is very very blurry. But um, but basically he. But basically, his parents are specifically known for their art of using wolves, which is funny because wolves are my favorite character um, or my favorite animals. But uh, but basically, their their art always has a wolf in like in their in their art specifically, and so. The mystery really comes in because someone who isn't registered to be an artist and so thus they don't have an agent, they don't have a grader and all that stuff, um, they uh, they drew like all over the space that there, that is that was not designated for the simulation art is essentially what it is. And when Kazuya took a look at it, he saw the wolf that like his parents always um, that his parents always put into their art. And so he was like, okay, whoever drew this, like, knew my parents or are very close to my parents. And um, and, it's just, and so he's just like, he needs to figure out who it is that actually drew it itself. And so, so how he does it is he goes through each of the pairs. And so you learn more about each of the pairs. And there's always a song and a performance <laughs> in each of the episodes. And, um, and so basically... So and and, af- and after he and every time after he learns about the pair and their dynamics and their music um, is really what it is. Uh, he realizes that's not the person who drew that who drew that weird mysterious art, and so he moves on to the next group and stuff like that. And then on top of that, he's slowly starting to like uncover clues about what actually happened with his parents and how did they die? Because once again, he lacks the memory to really remember um, what happened then. So. Um, so yeah, so that's like the sort of general basis and structure of the anime, and it's very uh, there's a lot of sexual tension between the guys. It's very funny, and I'm like trash when it comes to them. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one of the scenes in particular tension when I was just like, I need to like leave. I should not be watching this. So, um, it was just really funny, and it's all Umecha's fault, by the way, because Umecha was voicing that character, and it was it was all his fault. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's Opus Colors. It's interesting. I I don't really know how invested I would be, to be completely honest, if it wasn't for the fact that I do find the relationship dynamics to be cute and funny, and like shippable is the thing. Um, I think if they didn't do that, I probably wouldn't care about this anime. And definitely a lot of people were hoping it was an Eilish 7, uh, to Isabel's point, because they were like, the premise and everything, it sounds very well thought out. It seems like to be an Eilish 7 sort of, um, 
like maybe kin is the best way to put it, but it just is it to be completely honest. Um, it's it's okay, and I do know it has quite a bit of a fan base in Japan though. So um, so it it is successful in some ways, but it's like it's fine. <laughs> so. So uh, if you if you want to watch Opus Colors, I'd suggest it mainly because you want to watch it for the ships, not because of like the actual music or the more idly part of things. So yeah, um, yeah. So that is my second one. Do you have any more questions, Isabel? <laughs> no, I don't. I feel like yeah, at this point, it's something I would have to see um, and I guess think for myself. And you know, the fact that it's still airing now, maybe I can still catch up. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm very curious about the ships as well. So, yes. <laughs> okay. Alrighty then. Well, um, that is all we have in regards to this idol anime discussion. We made it through, guys. And by we, I mean YouTube because I didn't do anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you too for your service. And for the listener who requested this particular topic, I hope you enjoyed us talking about it, hopefully. And for everyone else listening, if it means you want to start one of the idol anime we discussed, you know, please feel free to do so. Um, and yeah, I we will be back again next week with another fun topic so uh i hope you guys will still be here with us bye everyone bye bye bye